After a year of insisting that the Wu flu had nothing whatsoever to do with the Wuhan Institute of Virology, Dr. Fauci is now changing his tune, which raises one question above all the others. How many more times does this guy need to get caught lying to the public before the people wise up? Speaking of flops, LeBron James teaches us a lesson about race relations. Rand Paul teaches a lesson about vaccines. And Teen Vogue teaches young girls how to perform witchcraft with their bodily fluids. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite uh, comment from Friday is from Kanye Ray Jepsen, one of the greatest names on YouTube, uh, who says, quote, let me be perfectly clear. I did not have any virological relations with that lab. Fauci 2022. It's increasingly sounding like that. He is as credible as Bill Clinton in his denials of improper uh, activity. But Fauci finally now starting to crack those lies up more and more and more. You know, the the way that we can know uh, that Fauci is being dishonest right now is that we can look back in time and see what he was saying earlier. So when they contradict one another, we say, well, something went wrong here. Well, if you want to look back in time and you want to preserve wonderful memories uh, of your family, I would recommend checking out Legacy Box. Legacy Box is an effortless way to have your outdated media digitally preserved in a modern format. Right now, they're offering you 40% off so that you can ensure that your memories are safe for generations. I just came into a treasure trove of physical media, pictures, videotapes, and you know what? They're fading and they're getting harder and harder to look at. I'm so glad I found them. I thought I'd misplaced them. I thought they were lost forever, frankly. I've got photos of my, not just my grandparents, my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents. And my little kid, my four-month-old baby, is going to be able to see them because I am digitally preserving them. I am making an investment in my family. It's the, where, it's the best investment you can possibly make, particularly if you're, if you're a little more on the conservative side. You want to conserve these wonderful, rich memories. It's just wonderful. I can't possibly recommend it enough. Best part is you send in your physical media you get all that physical media back, but you also get a digitally preserved copy. Right now, Legacy Box is offering 40% off so your family can celebrate meaningful moments at a fraction of the normal price. Go to LegacyBox.com slash Knowles to get started. LegacyBox.com slash Knowles. You get 40, 40% off. LegacyBox.com slash Knowles. I am willing to go out on a limb for 2024. Right now, I know there are a lot of candidates in the race and they're going to be governors and senators and maybe Trump will run again. I will endorse any 2024 candidate who promises to banish Dr. Fauci to St. Helena. I don't want them to banish him to Elba. He might escape Elba. I want them to banish him to St. Helena. I want him to be canceled. I'm pro-cancel culture now. Let's do it. If cancel culture means getting rid of Dr. Fauci and ostracizing him to the other side of the world, fine by me. This freaking guy just lie after lie, after misdirection, after dishonesty, after admission to his own deception, after lie. Dr. Fauci was asked a simple question. It's a question he's been asked multiple times, but he gave a different answer this time. He said that he is, uh, here's the question. Are you, are you convinced that the Wuhan virus originated in nature without any kind of manipulation in a lab. No, I'm not convinced 
uh, about that. I think that we should continue to investigate what went on in China until we find out to the best of our ability exactly what happened. Certainly, the people who've investigated say that it likely was the emergence from an animal reservoir that then infected individuals, but it could have been something else. And we need to find that out. So, you know, that's the reason why I said I'm perfectly in favor of any investigation that looks into the origin of the virus. Oh, wow. Dr. Fauci sounded pretty open-minded now, isn't it? Look, no, I never said, look, why would you stupid sheep ever accuse me of saying that the virus didn't come from a lab? Uh, well, because for a year, you dismissed the suggestion that the virus that was discovered 400 yards from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where they were studying these viruses, that maybe the, the lab had something to do with that. You dismissed it out of hand. You rejected it for a year, in case you forgot. A group of highly qualified evolutionary virologists looked at the sequences there and the sequences in uh, bats as they evolve and the mutations that it took to get to the point where it is now is totally consistent with a jump of a species from an animal to a human. So, I mean, the, the paper will be available. I, I don't have the authors right now, but we can make that available too. That wasn't it, that's not all. So he said, look, totally consistent. There's no evidence about that. But then he, he does an interview with National Geographic. He says, quote, Man, this, this show is going to really hurt my voice today if I got to keep quoting this jerk, Dr. Fauci. If you look at the evolution of the virus in bats and what's out there now, the scientific evidence is very, very strongly leaning toward this could not have been artificially or deliberately manipulated. Everything about the stepwise evolution over time strongly indicates that this virus evolved in nature and then jump species, Fauci says. This is directly quoting from National Geographic. Based on the scientific evidence, he also doesn't entertain an alternate theory that someone found the coronavirus in the wild, brought it into a lab, and then it accidentally escaped. So explicitly in a wide-ranging interview, says Fauci does not enter, even entertain this theory. CBS follows up, says, when asked if there could have been, not even if there was, just if there could have been a scenario where scientists found the virus outside the lab, brought it back, and then it escaped. Fauci shut the line of questioning down. Quote, but that means it was in the wild to begin with. That's why I don't get what, the, what they're talking about and why I don't spend a lot of time going in on this circular argument, he said. But now, now he's in on it. Now he's, he's opening his mind. Because if you were listening to this show a year ago, if you were listening to Verdict with Senator Cruz, a show that I co-host a year ago, you would have heard me just, just talking about the probability that if you find a coronavirus having to do with bats 400 yards from a virology institute that was working on these very viruses, that maybe that's a little too much of a coincidence. Maybe the one had to do with the other. Now, I'm not a virologist. I'm not the head of one of these NIH departments like Fauci's been for half a century. How is it that I, in my untutored ignorance, was able to put two and two together, but Dr. Fauci was not? 
Is it because Dr. Fauci is an idiot? I don't think Dr. Fauci is an idiot. I think he's probably very intelligent. Is it because Dr. Fauci was lying to us? Well, he's lied to us before and admitted that he lied to us before, notably about the masks, the efficacy of masks, where he said at the very beginning, he said, do not wear masks. They do not work. Then five seconds later, he said, yeah, you have to wear the mask. And when asked why he changed his views, what did he say? He said, well, at the time I feared that all you idiot sheep, I'm paraphrasing, but not by much, all you idiot sheep would go out and buy up all the masks and then the nurses wouldn't have enough masks. So I lied to you. And then later on, when I realized there were enough masks, I told you what I believe to be the truth. And frankly, I don't even, I don't even exactly agree with Dr. Fauci's conclusions here, but regardless, he, the man doesn't have credibility. So I think it's the latter. Is he an idiot or a liar? I don't think he's an idiot. So <laughs> if there's no evidence that he's an idiot and there's, we know that he's a liar, then in this case, it would seem to be the easier explanation. Why is he admitting it now? Because he's finally had a change of heart and he's going to tell us the truth? No, it's because he can't hide it any longer. Why can't he hide it? Because three researchers from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which is China's only biosafety level four laboratory, were hospitalized with the coronavirus, with coronavirus-like symptoms. I guess the test didn't exist yet. Not in February, not in January 2020, not even in December of 2019, but in November of 2019, months before we were told that this thing appeared. Now, is this because these multiple researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology just all happened to walk down to the same wet market? I, I don't think so. Something tells me that these Chinese government scientists are not going to get their lunch at the wet market down the street. It was obviously in the lab. So this has escaped. They can't cover this up anymore. This information has gotten out. So now all of a sudden, Dr. Fauci is a little more open-minded. David Asher, who's the State Department's former lead investigator, oversaw the task force into the COVID-19 virus and its origin, says, quote, he is very doubtful that three people in highly protected circumstances who were all working on coronaviruses all became sick with COVID-like symptoms, enough so that they were hospitalized in, quote, severe conditions all in the same week, and it didn't have anything to do with the coronavirus, obviously. Obviously. So now we've, we've pushed Fauci's hand, right, or, or the leaks from the Chinese government or the State Department or wherever they came from, have, have forced Fauci's hand. And now he says, all right, maybe it was the lab. Whatever, sheep, you can't remember. And no one's going to cover this on the mainstream media. You're not going to see this on CBS and NBC. No one's going to, no one's, no one's asked any questions of Fauci thus far in the mainstream media, the, the establishment media. It's only the alternative media. Shows like this. But, you know, when, when we mention this, including Senator Cruz, when, when we were discussing the likelihood that this virus came from the lab, we were called conspiracy theorists, radicals, crazies, kooks, tinfoil hat. Listen to the science. Listen to Dr. Fauci. Well, now Fauci's admitting that we're very possibly right. What more, what, what more do you need to ditch this jerk, Dr. Fauci? Speaking of flops, LeBron James, he is a, apparently a professional athlete. <laughs> he's, he's a full-time leftist political activist, but I guess he plays a, some sport as well. He was uh, recently in, in hot water on social media because LeBron James, as you might know, 
uh, is one, one prone to exaggerating his injuries. So he was sort of, I guess, kind of fouled. And anyway, he, uh, some guy barely like breathes on him and he flops over and he's writhing on the floor and he's in, in immense pain. James missing. Yeah, there, oh, the oh, there he go. Oh my gosh. Oh, he broke his arm or his, uh, and his neck probably too. And oh gosh, look at him. Oh no, it's so, so now they're all fighting on the court. Okay. Very, very, very silly stuff. So very silly. There was another one of these that happened. Uh, uh, what was it last week? Yeah. Another, another one. Here we go. Someone barely breathes on LeBron James. And then, oh, there, oh no, he's, he almost did a somersault. Oh, he's down. Look at it. It's so ridiculous. Not, no, LeBron James is a very big, muscular guy. And he, he's sort of known for doing this. The reason I bring it up is not because I care about LeBron James or basketball or sports really generally. It's because this is our whole culture. We are living in the flop culture where everybody needs to pretend like every little possible perceived maybe microaggression is going to knock them on the floor and they're all going to writhe in pain. It's very embarrassing. It's very humiliating. Sort of like when you go into the brick and mortar auto parts store and they don't have your part and they ask you a lot of questions. That's why you got to check out rockauto.com. Oh, hey there, Mr. Brick and Mortar Auto Parts Store. Um, my car is broken. Oh yeah, Michael. Well, is it a GQT or a 7XV? I don't, I don't know. Oh yeah. Do you need the HKLP pump or the, I don't know exactly. Well, yeah. Do you, they go in the back? What do they do? They look, they don't have the part. They go online. They probably go to rockauto.com. They order the same part. They, they charge you twice as much. Don't do that. Don't subject yourself to that. It's humiliating. Go to rockauto.com. It's a family. Come on, man. I sound like the president. Come on, man. Hey, just go. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The catalog is unique, remarkably easy to navigate. So simple that even I can do it. Prices are always fair. It's not gimmicky. It's not going to go up and down every two hours. Head on over there right now, rockauto.com. You'll see all the parts available for your car or truck. Then write Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. A lot of people are making fun of LeBron James because he flops and he rides and he cries and he lays very performative in, in his uh, grief and grievance. But it's not just on the court. He does that politically as well. LeBron James came out and said that black men cannot walk out the door in this country without being hunted down by racist whites. Do you remember that? That is very humiliating for him. He should be ashamed. It's womanish behavior, not womanly. It's womanly is good when a woman behaves like a woman. When a man behaves like a woman, that's womanish. It's, it's a very pathetic sort of behavior. But LeBron does it because our culture no longer rewards forbearance, patience, grit, courage, manliness. We don't, we don't reward that. We reward whining and crying and complaining and pouting and grievance. That's what we reward now. So you're, you're going to get more of that. That's, that's how incentives work, right? All we hear, and specifically, I guess, in the case of LeBron James, all we hear is how racist, and by racist, we mean anti-black, this country is. It's racist. It's in our core. It's in our DNA. All the way up to the presidency, Joe Biden, just last week, whining and complaining about the horrible, pervasive racism. Every time 
were silent. Every time we let hate flourish, we make a lie of who we are as a nation. I mean it literally. We cannot let the very foundation of this country continue to be eaten away like it has been in other moments in our history and happening again. I looked at this law that you all passed as maybe the first break, the first significant break on a moment in our history that has to be turned around. Not Democrat, Republican, has to be turned around. Has to be turned around the racism that's eating away at the foundation of our country, but also racism is the foundation of our country because it's the, it's the 1619 project country and it's the original sin. And so we're very racist, but we can't let racism eat away at our racist country. It doesn't so, so hollow. It's so shallow. It's so meaningless. This nonsense that he's spouting. Joe Biden has never had a whole lot going on between the ears. It's not just senility that is causing this kind of nonsense to spew out of his mouth. This has been true since the seventies, since he got into politics, but it, it, it's, it's become so tired. It's become so tedious. I was having a drink with a dearly beloved liberal relative of mine, and she brought up the alleged systemic anti-black racism, specifically in policing, the police brutality. And she said, Michael, how can you be so complacent about criminal justice reform? Black, uh, black men are being slaughtered by the police. Innocent black men being shot down by the police all the time. It's happening constantly in this country. We need to stop that epidemic of innocent black guys being killed by the police. I pointed out to her, there isn't one. There is no epidemic of that. It isn't happening. Uh, just look at the numbers. The Washington Post keeps a database of fatal police shootings. As of June 22nd, 2020, how many unarmed black men were killed by the police? By the way, unarmed does not mean that shooting is not justified. Does not necessarily mean there are plenty of times when people are unarmed where the shooting is, would still be justified. But let's just go with that number, unarmed. How many? As of June 22nd, 2020, in 2019, how many were? 14. Not 14,000, not 1,400, not 140, it was 14 unarmed black men killed by the police compared to 25 unarmed white guys killed by the police in 2019. Just, and I mentioned this to her and she said, well, well then how come we see all these shootings? And I said, because the media have an interest in racial division and ginning up racial tensions. And so they broadcast every single one and they don't broadcast any of the times that the white guys are shot. That's why it's very simple. It's just propaganda. Consider the hate crimes. The, the white supremacy, anti-black country where in the words of Ta-Nehisi Coates, that extraordinarily overrated prose stylist, that the black bodies are disrespected, whatever, whatever nonsense. DOJ hate crime statistics. If you were, if you were to guess what the hate crime statistics look like. You know, the offenders, you would guess, I think, listening to Joe Biden, listening to CNN, listening to the mainstream left, leftist media, that hate crimes in this country are when Ku Klux Klan members, you know, neo-Nazis are out there hunting down innocent black people, which is pervasive and it happens all. That's what you would think of when you would think of a hate crime, right? Hate, which is 
even the designation hate crime is preposterous as a, because it, it juxtaposes itself, I suppose, with love crimes or something like that, but they're not, you know, if you're, if you go and you harm somebody there, I think that implies a certain level of hatred. According to the DOJ hate crime statistics for 2019, the percentage of offenders who committed hate crimes who were white, and that includes Hispanics. So the, the statistics now designate Hispanics as white much of the time. 52.5%. 52.5% of the time, the offenders were white or Hispanic. 23.9% of the time, they were black. The rest of the time, the race is unknown. How does that compare to the American population? In America, 73% of people are white or Hispanic designated as white, and 13.4% are black, which means hate crimes are much more likely to be committed by black people than white people. Now, I'm not saying there's, it's, it's a biological, it's just something in the DNA. I'm not saying that. There might be many, many reasons why that is the case. But what is certainly not the case is that there is an epidemic of white supremacist anti-black hate. It just, it just doesn't exist. Actually, the likelihood is quite the opposite of what we're being told by the media. It's just propaganda. And the only kind of racism that is permitted in this country that is not only tolerated but actively encouraged is, to some degree, racial discrimination against Asians and to a larger degree against whites. And you see it, of course, in affirmative action, in the policies at universities, in the policies in hiring. And there are plenty of people who will say, well, we need to do that to address historical wrongs. Okay, fine, I'm, whatever. Whatever your argument is, whatever your justification is, let's put that aside for a second. At least acknowledge that the only legal racism in this country that is actively encouraged by our culture, a culture that says we need to abolish whiteness, for goodness sakes, is not the kind of racism that everyone's always bloviating about. Tulsi Gabbard, a sort of Democrat. I don't know. Is she still a Democrat? I guess she is. Tulsi Gabbard pointed this out the other day when the mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, came out and said that she's only going to give interviews to black journalists, only one-on-one -on -one interviews to, to black and brown journalists. You think, uh, what? Huh? You can't do that. Well, Tulsi tweets out, quote, Mayor Lightfoot's blatant anti-white racism is abhorrent. I call upon President Biden, Kamala Harris, and other leaders of our country of all races to join me in calling for Mayor Lightfoot's resignation. Our leaders must condemn all racism, including anti-white. Oh my goodness, the pushback she got. You're not allowed to say that because what, what the radical left says is you can't, you can't be racist against white people. And I suppose they would make the same argument about Asians, but that's a little tricky for them to make right now. So they mostly just talk about the white people. They say you can't be racist against white people because they redefine racism as they always do. You know, the, the left wields power in many ways by redefining the words. If you control the words, you control the culture, which is by the way, the subtitle of my upcoming book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, available now, of course, for pre-order. Hello? Do we, uh, where's that? Do we get a ding? There we go. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Just want to make sure that that bell comes up. So Kamala Harris says, look, anti-white racism is a big problem too. Yes, of course it is. But they say that racism is sort of discrimination in the judgment plus power. And they define the power as being whiteness. They say that we're in a white supremacist, right? They just begin. It's so, talk about circular arguments, getting back to Dr. Fauci. 
They say it's just, therefore it's just not possible. It only runs in one direction. That's just a standard. That's just their, their standard that they're going to enforce. And it's a racial hierarchy and it's a caste system. You're seeing this play out, not just in the traditional racial division that radicals try to gin up in this country, namely the division between blacks and whites. You're seeing it also now specifically in this Israel issue. So there's, looks like things are calming down over there in Israel, but this flare up was notable in that you had a, a real party line division here. The left, the Democrats supported the Palestinian Arabs, went against Israel. The conservatives and the Republicans generally supported Israel. And that was the dividing line. Why is that? It's because of the exact same uh, vision. It's the, the exact same racial political ideology. If you'd rather see Candace Owens in real life rather than just trending on Twitter, as she often does, today very well might be your lucky day. If you sign up as a Daily Wire member with code VIP, you'll get 20% off your new membership. You will be automatically entered for a chance to win a trip to the Daily Wire studios to see Candace live. Not only will you be meeting Candace, but you will be getting an inside look at her studio, our office, and front row seats to watch her live and in action on her talk show, Candace. Go enter to win a Candace VIP pass right now at dailywire.com slash subscribe using code VIP for 20% off. Every day on my show, I talk about a lot of great products and services from sponsors that I love and I use. We want to get to know you better so that we can choose our sponsors with you in mind. Go to dailywire.com slash Knowles. Fill out my audience survey. Tell us a little more about yourself. To sweeten the whole thing, you will be entered to win a $1,000 gift card. You can only take the survey once. So to increase your chances of winning, do the same thing at Ben's show, Drew's show, Matt Walsh's show. And you get their surveys as well. Mine is dailywire.com slash Knowles. We'll be right back with a lot more. The same racial propaganda that you're seeing in the United States broadly, you're also seeing applied to this Israel-Palestinian conflict. So in the United States, we're told that there is an epidemic of white supremacist, anti-black racism and hate crimes and this and that and the other thing. And you look into the actual data here and you say, oh, actually, I think the situation might be a bit different than we're told in the mainstream media, but a lot of people believe it because that's where they get their information. Same thing going on here in Israel. So this is guy, Luca Robert Lewis. He is a pro soccer goalie who was accosted by pro-Palestinian thugs. I guess I'm using pro here in different ways. One, I mean professional. The other, I guess these guys were professional Palestinian thugs, but they are really, they support the Palestinian cause. So he's a 20 year old guy. He's on, oh my gosh, New York has a soccer team. So much for the country. Uh, anyway, he said that on Thursday night, he was accosted by a group of six to eight Palestinian men who accosted him, asked if he was Jewish and then brandished knives. And he said that when he said that he was not Jewish, one of the men said, good. But then Lewis responded and said, what if I was Jewish? And the man got in his face and said, I'll beat the effing S out of you and kill you. A lot of stories like this. Now, this is now what we're told is that the evil Jews in Israel are bombing the poor, innocent Hamas terrorists. <laughs> and we've got to feel really bad about this. And this is an atrocity and we've got to condemn Israel and we've got to support the Palestinian Arabs. And that's what we're, it's apartheid, human rights or whatever. Okay. But then you look into the actual situation, it looks a little bit different, doesn't it? We are told that this sort of event that the soccer player is describing does not happen. 
but you're hearing it a lot. Drew Clavin was at dinner the other night in LA, right before he left LA, and like two blocks down the road, same thing happened. A group of pro-Palestinian guys bust into the restaurant, and they say, is anyone in here Jewish? Guy says he is, and they beat him up. Well, what, what happened to the poor, innocent Palestinians and the evil, awful, bellicose Jews? That seems to be contradicted. That narrative doesn't seem to be playing out. Where's the real dividing line here? It's it seemed to be pretty ideological. You know, in the, in the past, both parties were very pro-Israel or sort of reflexively pro-Israel, just like it's bring up Israel. They'd say, America's greatest ally ever. You know, we need to increase foreign aid or something, right? And there were some criticisms of this levied on both sides of the aisle. Now, however, the left has really become the anti-Israel party and the right is the pro-Israel party. And, and it really is just about that clear. Bernie Sanders just came out. He was on CBS Face the Nation. He condemned the Israeli government and said that it contains overt racists. Well, what you have got to do is also understand that over the years, the Netanyahu government has become extremely right wing and that there are people in the Israeli government now who are overt racists. You have in West uh, Jerusalem people being evicted from their homes. Tremendous pressure on people within Israel, the Arab community, as well as Gaza. So you have a very difficult situation. You have Hamas, a terrorist group. You have a right-wing Israeli government, and the situation is getting worse. And all that I'm saying is that the United States of America has got to be leading the world in bringing people together, not simply supplying weapons to kill children in Gaza. So that's what, that's what the Israelis are doing. They're killing children. That's what they do. And we got to stop them from doing that. Those poor, innocent Hamas run Palestinians. A lot of people are going to watch this and say, wait a second, Bernie's a Jew. What, how, Bernie's a Jew, but he's very anti-Israel. Right. It, it shows you that the extreme right and the extreme left are wrong about the Jews. <laughs> You'll, you'll notice there's a strange, everybody hates the Jews <laughs> historically, right? There's Karl Marx hates the Jews. Hitler hates the Jews. All these, you'll see the extreme leftist radicals. They're very anti-Israel and frankly, I think anti-Jewish and the very, very extreme right. You'll, you'll see a lot of that as well because they think that the Jews are monolithic in their uh, politics, in their culture. That's really not the case. I think the breakdown is not ethnic with regard to Judaism. I, I suspect it's more religious. And this is borne out by a lot of public surveys. Secular Jews, Jews who don't practice the religion, other than, you know, maybe they make latkes once a year or something, they are moving much more left wing. They are moving, and the left is moving much more anti-Israel, and this is happening at the same time. Orthodox Jews, Jews who practice the religion, are moving much more right wing. They're, they're, in the American context, they're much more likely now to vote for Republicans than they have been in the past. And the opposite could be said on the secular side, much more likely to vote for Democrats. That's a religious question. It's just hard for people to recognize this now because of this strain of materialism that comes through all the time. The, the, the constant materialism of, of certainly the extreme left, but even of the, the right a little bit as well, You'll notice that the, the fringiest characters who are the most likely to engage in sort of racial identity politics on the, on the right tend to be atheists, or at the very least, 
uh, irreligious. They tend not to be Christian. That's, that's the way it goes. But if you recognize that there's a spiritual component here and that the mind matters and the soul matters, then these things become a little bit more complicated. Speaking of unusual religions, Teen Vogue. Teen Vogue is teaching young girls uh, how to perform witchcraft with their bodily fluid. I'm not, this is not, I know it sounds like a joke, like I'm, this is real. The headline from Teen Vogue, this is a magazine aimed at I guess 12 to 17 year old girls, I think is the target demo. Headline, menstrual blood magic, three spells for your period, how to make menstruation magical. Always remember that magic is for believers, but this column can also simply serve as a guide to getting in touch with yourself magically or not. So it's not just purely metaphorical here. They're talking about actual witchcraft. Rather than play into this patriarchal shame of the stigma of menstruation, quote, witches and other masters of magic believe menstruation is a gift from nature. And then it goes on and it's talking about owning our power, protecting unwanted negativity, energetic fields, healing chakras by becoming one with our own bodies. They're they're actually serious about this stuff. I think, I know this is going to sound radical to some people on the right who are, who are free speech absolutists. I think this sort of thing ought to be discouraged. I don't think our, our founding fathers would have considered this, you know, uh, instructing 13-year-old girls in menstrual witchcraft. I don't think they would have considered that the purpose of the First Amendment. Uh, I think they probably would have considered this obscene prurient content. I'm not sure that uh, this is exactly a blessing of liberty. Please pardon to the squishy conservatives who, who support Drag Queen Story Hour too. We should discourage this kind of thing. A, a lot of people say that we need to permit all kind, literally all kinds of speech and behavior or virtually almost all kinds of speech and behavior because otherwise, what's their argument? Otherwise we're going to end up with the Salem witch trials. Basically, right? We're going to have these women, we're going to, for things they've said and done, and we don't even know, we're going to persecute them for that. These are literal witches. (laughs) You know, the the problem with the Salem witch trials is uh, presumably some of these women were not witches, you know, but what, isn't the argument like, well, there's no such thing as witches. Well, I don't know. These people seem to think there are a lot, there are witches. So I suppose a witch trial is appropriate. (laughs) Goodness gracious me. I'm reminded always when these sorts of crazy things come up of, uh, I think my single favorite quote in all of politics, Churchill, Reagan, Lincoln, Pericles, all pale in comparison to one quote from, from Pat Robertson in 92, I think it was. And he said, quote, the feminist agenda is not about equal rights for women. It is about a socialist anti-family political movement that encourages women to leave their husbands, kill their children, practice witchcraft, destroy capitalism, and become lesbians. <laughs> and uh, so everyone laughs at this quote, you know, oh, Pat, you crazy Pat Robertson. What are you? Oh my gosh, here's the proof. <laughs> this is like now whenever we read a story about how the freaking frogs actually are turning gay and we say, oh my gosh, Alex Jones was right. Well, I read this Teen Vogue article and I say, oh my gosh, Pat Robertson, we should have listened. If only we had listened 29 years ago, perhaps we could have avoided this. Speaking of weird sex stuff, 
this is a story. It's actually a week or two old at this point, but I don't want to skip over it. I think basically the entire liberal establishment wants us to skip over this story, but I'm not going to. There's a report out being, being reported in many mainstream publications that Bill Gates was very, very close to Jeffrey Epstein and that his close relationship with Jeffrey Epstein was one of the reasons for the divorce that we're seeing now between Melinda and, uh, and Bill. Previously, Bill Gates has said, no, I barely knew Epstein. We had very little to do with one another. Ah, oh, yeah, maybe met once or twice. Well, now we're seeing Gates visited Epstein a bunch of times, many, many times, and uh, even flew on the Lolita Express on Epstein's private plane. According to reports from anonymous Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation sources, uh, the real reason that Bill Gates was sucking up to Epstein was not for the fancy and prurient massages from the underage girls, but it was to leverage Epstein's connections to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Because remember, Epstein was a big character in the philanthropy business. This is why everyone's so shocked to see photos of Epstein with Trump or photos of Epstein with Clinton. Or Now with Clinton, you know, it seems they traveled together a bit. Their relationship might have been a little deeper. But even you see a, a photo with him and Trump, don't forget that Epstein was a pretty prominent guy. And he was ostensibly a billionaire. And he was able to, you know, he had a, a place his name for him at Harvard. He was giving big donations and sort of things like that. I, I believe this. I bet Bill Gates probably does want the Nobel Prize. What else is he going to do at this point in his life? He's done a lot of things. And so he's, he's been aiming a lot of his activities at that sort of thing. Was he getting up to no good at Epstein's condo? Yeah. Or, you know, his townhouse? Yeah, maybe. Maybe he was. The, the reason I bring this up too is Melinda Gates's oppo research team and public relations strategy is second to none absolutely second to none. Uh, It would seem pretty clear to me that this is coming from the Melinda camp of things. And the way that these stories are coming out, it's not an accident. It's not like, oh, now the intrepid journalists are doing their job. We've known about the Bill Gates, Jeffrey Epstein connection for years. No one said boo about it. No one's asked a question practically. But now that Melinda Gates and Bill are splitting up, you're seeing this drip, drip, drip. It's a pretty effective strategy. And it's, it's, Something you need to be aware of when you're, when you're hearing about whatever, any kind of story. For, the first question you should ask when you're hearing about a story is, why am I hearing about this? Where did this story come from and why are the media reporting it? Because stories don't make it through the news accidentally. There are editors who vet stories, who choose which stories to push, who choose when to push them. Uh, that's the sort of question we need to be asking. And uh, very often people will drip stories to distract from other things. It actually brings me to a very unpopular opinion I have, but I have to mention it. Everyone's gone UFO crazy right now. For some reason, all of a sudden now, everyone's talking about UFOs and it's all the government leaks that are doing it. Oh yes, the Pentagon's going to release a UFO report and all these Pentagon officials are now just coincidentally talking about UFOs. They call them now UAPs to the press. And I wonder why that is. Why is that? Very sensationalist. Is it because some new information's come out? No, we've known about these sorts of incidents for, for years and decades. Why is this being leaked now? Especially from the military, which is usually pretty rigid on leaks. What's the strategy here? I have a very unpopular opinion. I don't think there is any reason to believe whatsoever 
that there is any life anywhere in the universe outside of our little rock, the third rock from the sun. I know we're told, oh no, there must be Michael. Here's the argument. The argument is, Michael, the universe is big. It's so big. So look, it's just a matter of probability, Michael, that there's life elsewhere in the universe. Maybe not intelligent, but there's got to be life. Why? Why is that probable? We, we don't know anything scientifically about the origin of life. We don't know anything. Anybody who tells you they do know something is making it up because we don't know. Maybe we know how the bird on this one island got a little bit of a bigger beak, but we don't know how you go from not life to life. We just have no idea scientifically. The best theory we have right now is that God made Adam out of clay. I'm not, I'm not joking about that. We don't, there is no more proven comprehensive scientific theory about how you go from no life to life. So I just find it very strange when people talk about the probability, look, it's big, it's a big place. And so the probability is there's life elsewhere. In order to ascertain a probability, you need to know literally anything about the topic you're talking about, (laughs) but we don't. And so I'm not saying there is definitively, there is no life anywhere else in the universe. I'm just saying there is no reason to believe that there is. And furthermore, on the political question of why are all these UFO leaks coming out right now, I have no reason to believe that the narrative we're being fed is above board or is, is, is to be taken in earnest rather than perhaps as a way to not be talking about other stories. You know, Bill Gates, this derelict, has made himself the number one vaccine expert in the country. I love how whenever a conservative goes out there and questions Dr. Fauci, which is tricky to do because Dr. Fauci holds conflicting views on virtually everything. He's contradicted himself on all the big questions. But if you go out and you question whatever Fauci's view is today, you're told, well, you're not an expert. You're not an epidemiologist. You don't know anything about vaccines. You say, I have the same epidemiological degree that Bill Gates has. And Bill Gates is going on TV all the time talking about this. So why... Why are you listening to him? Well, Rand Paul is not going to be listening to him. Senator Rand Paul, let me correct that. Dr. Rand Paul, who is a U.S. senator, came out and he said he doesn't plan to get the vaccine. I think that uh, we should have a choice whether we take a vaccine or not, because frankly, all of the studies show that I have just as good of immunity as the people who've been vaccinated. Now, in a year's time, if people say, oh, people that had it naturally are getting infected a lot more than people who've been vaccinated, I might change my mind. But until they show me evidence that people who've already had the infection are dying in large numbers or being hospitalized or getting very sick, I've just made my own personal decision that I'm not getting vaccinated because I've already had the disease and I have natural immunity now. Um, but that should be my, you know, in a free country, you would think people would honor, you know, the idea that each individual would get to make their medical decisions, that it wouldn't be Big Brother coming and telling me, you know, what I have to do. Are they going to also tell me I can't have a cheeseburger for lunch? Are they going to tell me I have to eat carrots only and, you know, cut my calories? All of that was probably be good for me, but I don't think uh, Big Brother ought to tell me to do it. Oh, outrageous. Outra- anti-science. Uh, evil, crazy. He's saying that just because he has natural immunity, he's not going to get the vaccine that was hastily developed just because he already very likely has natural immunity because he already had the virus. Can you believe that? Huh? No wonder he was trending on Twitter. He was after Rand Paul said that. Sorry, let me correct that. After Dr. Rand Paul, who's a U.S. Senator said that, there was a Twitter moment. 
So this is not just, again, not, not just a totally natural trend. This was curators at Twitter putting his name up there and then writing a little description beneath it. And the description that Twitter wrote was, quote, contrary to the advice of medical and scientific professionals, Senator Rand Paul says he is not getting vaccinated because he already contracted COVID-19. You see the problem there? Do you see, you see the weird thing about that Twitter moment? Contrary to the advice of medical and scientific professionals, Senator, oh, they should have corrected it. Dr. Rand Paul, (laughs) he is a medical and scientific professional. And by the way, he's a, a fairly serious one. So Rand Paul, he's not an epidemiologist, but you know, epidemiology is a, it's a suspect field. Okay. It's not a, because it's social science. There is a sort of hard science component to it, but then it's a broader social scientific field as well. Rand Paul is an ophthalmologist. He's an eye doctor. And you might say, well, Michael, that's totally different than the study of viruses. Ophthalmology is one of the most difficult fields of medical science. When people are going through med school, the really, really smart ones who are really, really talented end up in, I don't know, three or four disciplines, one of which is ophthalmology. It's very hard to to be an ophthalmologist. So Rand Paul, who is no slouch in the medical science department, comes out and he says that he's not going to get it for this perfectly rational reason. And then some 24-year-old Ivy League graduate, probably, you know, who's spent most of her career in college reading Ibram Kendi or some, or Angela Davis or something, is coming out and questioning Rand Paul's medical and scientific expertise because he's contradicting Dr. Fauci, who is primarily not a scientist, but a politician. (laughs) Kind of backwards, isn't it? Fortunately, Americans are beginning to lose faith in these politicians who are going around wearing lab coats as the white cassocks of their high church of secular progressivism. Americans are losing faith in Dr. Fauci specifically. According to a recent poll, uh, this poll just came out from the Trafalgar Group. The number of Americans who trust Dr. Fauci has dropped extremely sharply over the past year. Of those uh, asked whether their confidence had gone up or down, 42.2% surveyed said they experienced a decrease in their trust of uh, Fauci. Of that segment, 12.1 said that their confidence, it was just a decrease. And 30.1% said that their trust had decreased significantly. Of course it did. He lied to people. He lied, you know, there are many instances where I think you, you should be a little cautious and say, well, he misled Well, he changed his views in a kind of convenient way that didn't seem totally above board. But at least on that mask issue, it's just a lie, right? He said the masks, he said, it is my view that the masks don't work. Sheep, you stupid idiot sheep. Again, paraphrasing only slightly. And then he came out and said, no, of course the masks work, but there was, I was in fear that there would be a shortage. So I told you that I didn't think the masks work, even when I did think the masks work. But now I'm willing to tell you my true belief, which is that the masks work. That, that's just a lie. I mean, that's just outright deception. So when people no longer trust the experts, that's not our fault. It's not on us, man. That's just rational. That's just reasonable. That's on the Fauci's of the world. Meanwhile, you've got people like Gretchen Whitmer. Gretchen Whitmer, uh, the embattled governor of Michigan, Democrat, who hit the bar this weekend and violated her own COVID lockdown orders. 
in Gretchen Whitmer's order, said large groups are not allowed to go to bars, unmasked, hanging out. And yet there's a photo of her with a bunch of her friends. I think it was 13 people in total, including her appointed chief operations officer who visited the land shark in East Lansing, violating the restaurant orders, according to a photo that we're seeing with our own eyes. So we just look at these people and we say, you don't believe it. You don't believe it. Fauci doesn't believe it. Fauci wears a mask in the middle of a baseball diamond to dribble a pitch to home plate. Not even, he dribbled it down the first base line. And then that's when the cameras are on. But then when he's sitting next to people who aren't even in his household, he's got the mask off and he's not even eating or drinking. So we say, yeah, we don't, we don't believe you guys. It's a big flop. It's a big flip-flop. They're the ones doing it. It's a, it's a show. It's a performance. It, it really would make LeBron James look muted and modest in his performance. And I just don't think we should buy it anymore. I'm Michael Knowles. This is the Michael Knowles Show. Stop buying it, folks. Don't wear the mask, sheep. Is that, would Fauci say that? I don't know. It's very confusing when I do that voice. I'll see you tomorrow. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. And production coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. The mainstream media acknowledges the millions of children being experimented on, abused, and mutilated in the name of gender ideology. Also, the mayor of Chicago announces that she'll only accept interviews from non-white reporters, and a mother on TikTok has developed a plan to prevent her white male baby from growing up to be awful. All of that and more today on The Matt Walsh Show.